Thank you, Nate. Good to see you guys made it back after last week. We, uh, we had an awesome day last week, um, and uh, just want to say thank you. Thank you to everybody that uh, helped make last week possible from uh, serving to, to giving to all the things. And uh, uh, we, uh, we had our big give last week. Uh, like I said, we'll be doing another one of those probably later in the year, toward the end of the year in the fall, uh, and, uh, and maybe one beginning of the next year for the same stuff. But uh, just, just so you are aware, in case you didn't see the email or the post or that kind of stuff, uh, our offering last week, largest offering we've ever had, by the way, uh, our offering last week was over $100,000, uh, but the uh, amount given that's going to go straight to uh, a Hope Center home uh, happening, a sober living home happening, uh, is now sitting at a little over 90200 and something dollars. Uh, and so that's, that's amazing. It's, it's truly amazing. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much for, for your generosity and uh, your willingness to believe in uh, what God is calling us to do here at 24 and uh, look forward to, uh, to, to the things ahead. I got to have lunch with Stephen from the Hope Center this week. We had a great lunch, super excited about what's going on, uh, and uh, we, we've started a process of uh, an application with them, and we're going to be giving them a, uh, a uh, deposit and some things to, to show the seriousness of this. Of course, they, they know at this point <laughs> the seriousness of where we are with this and that we want to see this happen. So, uh, But just, just an awesome, so awesome that the Lord has brought them into our lives to be able to, to partner with them and do ministry together. Uh, that was, I think that was probably the biggest piece of the things that I, I, I knew that God was leading us to do, we knew God was leading us to do as a church was like, okay, how do we, how do we do that part? And, and, you know, people would ask, how are we going to, I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> how are we going to do that? Uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, just, just really, really a God thing. It even used Penny in the middle of all that somehow, you know, so uh, we, we met, we met them through uh, our, our youth guy, Jason Pennington. So uh, anyway, good stuff. So uh, also, just want to make mention real quick, next week is Serve Sunday. So next week, we'll have one service, and Ben will talk about this, uh, 9 a.m., uh, short service will go out. Be sure to sign up for that today. Uh, really, really awesome opportunity there. Uh, I want to take a second and pray. Uh, I think, think that is good. I want to, I want to thank the Lord for, uh, for what he's already doing uh, and did last weekend, uh, and I uh, want to uh, continue to pray. Uh, for his leadership in uh, where we're headed here and also over the scriptures today. Let's pray together. God, I just, uh, I thank you. I thank you that we get to be a part of this together. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would continue to lead us, continue to show us, uh, continue to help us to be faithful when we don't know things of how things are going to work or whatever it is, God, may we just trust in you and all the things, Lord, as a church, in our personal lives, all the things. Uh, God, just lead us. May we lean in on you in all of the moments that, you, that we should, that we, that we need to. Um, God, just help us to do that. Uh, Lord, I, I pray uh, and that uh, you would bless uh, the ministry that's going to happen through uh, us having a Hope Center 
home and us being a sponsoring church for that. God, just have your, have your hand on us. May we love, care well for uh, all the folks that are going to be coming through that. Uh, God, lead us in that. God, uh, thank you for what you did last weekend. Thank you for what you're continuing to do. Um, thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of, of the people of 24 Church uh, in all the ways, in serving you and giving, whatever it may be. God, just thank you for all of it. Uh, God, uh, today, uh, Lord, bless your scriptures. Lord, speak through your word uh, as we spend time in it, and uh, may you be glorified by all of it. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. All right. So, today, we're talking about Jesus. Surprise, surprise. Um, we, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time today, uh, and, and I hope that you'll humor me, I guess, if you will, because the way I have... Uh, <laughs> The way I've put together today's message is a little different uh, than I think I've ever put a message together, so I'm not real sure how it's going to turn out. It may be terrible, uh, but I'm trusting in the scriptures that it's not terrible, So, uh, because it is a good bit of scripture. Uh, but uh, if you want to get a Bible, I recommend getting one so you can follow along with us. If you don't have one, uh, our ushers will bring you one. Just throw your hand up and let them know that you need it. Uh, but uh, we're going to start with the book of Matthew, and you're saying, well, what's, what's the follow-up to Easter, Chris? It's a great question. What is the follow-up to Easter? It's more Jesus. Uh, and uh, and to, to show you how much more Jesus we can go, uh, we're actually going to try to cover today in one message all of the appearances of Jesus after the resurrection. Okay? So that's, that's what we're doing today. At first, I was just going to do the, the other the appearances in the book of John. We kind of had the book of John thing going on. But in the back of my head, I kept going... I really feel like we could handle, you know, looking at briefly the appearances of Christ uh, to people uh, and all that after the resurrection. So that, that's what we're going to attempt to do today. And so we're just going to start with Matthew and we're going to bounce through here uh, and look at these scriptures. And we've got a couple questions to ask along the way. And uh, that's a great thing too. Matthew 28 is where we're going to start today. And in Matthew 28... Um, we see, um, uh, well, we see the resurrection. At the resurrection in Matthew 28, uh, we see the empty tomb account where we see Jesus actually uh, show himself to uh, the Marys and, uh, you know, all of this is, is going on. We also see the guards uh, at, that, at that sighting. Uh, and so the funny thing is, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read through all of the scripture because we don't have the time to do that. So I'm gonna talk about a good bit of it and we're gonna read through a good bit of it. Uh, but the guards, funny enough, uh, if you read in the account of Matthew, we see that the guards, when they leave, uh, the site, uh, they go tell the higher ups, they go tell the bosses, if you will, what has happened and that Jesus is gone. And, and it says in the scripture that, uh, there that they pay them off hush money to be quiet. Well, not to necessarily be quiet, but to change their story and to tell people that the, that the disciples came and got the body of Jesus. Uh, and so hence where, uh, you know, that, that started up and, and how that rumor came to be or whatever. Uh, but then furthermore, 
uh, later, in the, and I don't want to get too wrapped up in the details of things like that, but uh, uh, here's, here's one thing I'm going to ask you to do. If you have time this week, go read through all of these accounts yourself. We're talking about like four chapters, five chapters of Scripture, really not even full you know, chapters even at that, uh, that would, you, could, you could honestly read them all in one setting. But, but spend some time this week, you know, just focused on what Christ came back and, and the conversations that he had, the things that he was saying. Uh, and then in Matthew 28, verse 16, we have Jesus come back uh, and he appears to the disciples here, okay, after the resurrection. And we have uh, this, this passage of scripture that uh, is well known by many of us uh, and well loved. And, and one of the things that I'm constantly thinking about is that if Jesus is coming back and we know he's only going to be here for a certain time uh, in, the, in, this, in this time period back then, uh, is what's he telling us? He knows he's only taking an X, X amount of time, right? And so what, what's he spending his time talking to us about? What's he spending his time talking to the disciples about? And so verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 16, we see, we see a really good example of one of the things that was important for Christ to come and to share with us. Verse 20, uh, chapter 28, sorry, verse 16, Matthew, it says this. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." And so we have right here what we know is the Great Commission and, and this, this you know, incredibly great worded piece uh, that, that, that the Lord comes to give us before he goes back to be with the Father. And in this, what we see is we see marching orders. You know, we see mission. We see calling. And I think that that's important. I think, I think it's important for us to see and notice what Christ is spending time talking to us about. In this moment in time, he knows, he's, he knows he only, he's only taking so much time. Of course, he could have taken however long he wanted to, but he specifically took this X amount of time, short time period, uh, to come and to appear to, to certain people and to tell and teach them certain things, and we get this. And this is a go-and-tell type situation, go-and-tell all the people, right? All nations, and then, you know, he kind of comes back around, you know, and then he's saying, you know, go and tell them everything that I've taught you. Go and tell them the scriptures. Go and tell them who I am. And he's saying, you know, that I'm sending you to do this. And then to be reminded, I'm with you always to the end. You know, and I, th I think that that's really good for us to be reminded of. Because I think for so many of us, when we get into these conversations about Jesus, a lot of times... We're like, oh, I don't know where this is going, and I don't know enough to talk about Jesus and all this kind of stuff. Look, you know enough to talk about Jesus, all right? Like, we, we can know, like, the most obscure, random facts and things about the most ridiculous stuff in the world, you know? I was recently in uh, a place of business where uh, I, I go to for my side business stuff where they do uh, chrome plating, okay? And, and I walk in, and I'm sitting there talking to the owners, and we're just standing there, and there's all these, you know, there's all this stuff everywhere, car parts and all kinds of craziness. 
there's a bin sitting there. And I look in this bin and I was like, what is that? Is that hubcaps? And then I start flipping through it. I was like, oh no, those are air cleaner lids. I was like, oh, wait a second. And I start pulling the air cleaner lids out and I start telling them what the air cleaner lids go to. I was like, oh, that's, that's 67 Fairlane. That's a 67 Mustang. That's 390 Big Block. That's a, you know, and, and they were like, what is wrong with you? You know? But I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's us. Like, we, we know the most random, ridiculous stuff on the planet sometimes. And here's the truth about the gospel. It's as simple as it gets. And we've heard it, and we've heard it, and we've heard it. Jesus came, Son of God, died on the cross for our sin, took the death that we deserve for our sin, because Scripture says that, you know, our sin deserves death. He took that death for us. We believe in Him. We have life. He has saved us. Jesus comes here and He says, go and tell the world about it. Go and tell everybody. And I'm going with you. I'll be there with you till the end of the age. Now, I want to keep going here. We go to the book of Mark. Uh, and I'm just going to talk about the book of Mark. In the book of Mark, we see... Uh, again, an account where Jesus uh, appears to Mary Magdalene in the book of Mark. This is also the empty tomb account, so to speak, so it's toward the end of that, uh, so, you know, matches up uh, well. And then he also appears to two disciples on the road, and it's a very short, you know, couple of, of verses there. It talks about that with very little detail. Uh, Mark is not a man of many words. Uh, and, then, uh, and then we have Mark's great commission which the truth is, and we've talked about this, we talked about this when we studied through the book of Mark, that that one passage there uh, and, and, and behind it, starting, uh, I forget, verse 9 or so, I think it is, uh, in chapter 16, uh, is uh, in some manuscripts, and it is not in some manuscripts that we have for the book of Mark. But either way, the Great Commission lining up for the most part, to be very similar to the Great Commission uh, that we have in the account from Matthew. Uh, so again, we've got more appearances of Jesus, but uh, really some of the same appearances that we see in the other Gospels. And so then we go to Luke. In Luke, we have an appearance uh, that is quite different than uh, in the other accounts that we have in the other Gospels. Uh, and I think that this is important. Uh, we see what we have uh, and know as the road to Emmaus. Uh, at the road to Emmaus, this is uh, after the resurrection, of course. Some folks are traveling down the road. Jesus comes along, hears them talking, comes up on them and is like, hey, what you guys talking about? And they turn around, they look at him, and they're like, are you like the only guy in the room that doesn't know what's going on, what's been happening for the, like the last week? And he's like, tell me. And they're like, oh, about this guy, Jesus. And then they start talking about Jesus to Jesus because they don't know it's Jesus. And they're upset. They're upset. And they, they're like, you know, we really, we really felt like this guy was sent by the Lord. And, you know, all these, he's, they're talking about all these great things about who Jesus is <laughs> to Jesus, right? And, and then, you know, Jesus like turns the whole thing on its head, and he begins to teach, and they still don't realize it's Jesus, which is really, which is really interesting. He turns the whole thing on its head, and he starts teaching them from the scriptures starting, it says in the passage, starting with Moses forward through the prophets, through the Old Testament, through the Psalms, it says, uh, the coming 
of Jesus. So basically, he begins to tell them all the prophecy about his coming. They still don't know who he is. They, they, you, know, they're, you know, they're like, wow, this is great, you know, kind of stuff. And then he gets ready to keep going, you know, on his way. Like, he, you know, they're stopping. They're finally home. You know, they're walking, you know, along the way. And then finally they're to where they live. And, and, and Jesus acts like he's going to keep on going. And, and they're like, hey, won't you... Won't you stay the night? Won't you take a break and, and come in with us? Don't keep going and, and have dinner. And so then he goes in and he sits down. And that's where we pick up Luke 24, okay? Luke 24, verse 30. And it says this. It says, And when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And then here we go, verse 31. And their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. So like, he hung around just long enough for them to figure out who he was. And he was like, I'm out. And he vanished from their sight. In verse 32 it said, And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? That verse right there describes to me what I believe happens when the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, helps us to see that we need a Savior, our hearts burn within us as God speaks to our hearts, helps us to see the need, helps us to realize God has done something amazing for us in sending Jesus for us. And all we have to do is respond, believe, trust in him. This is, I think, I think such a great, such a great passage. I wish we had more time just to study the whole thing. Almost did this one. It's like, no, we're going to do the whole thing. We're going to do all of it. We're going to kill it today, right? You know, and, and this, in this passage, but I mean, I really do. I really think, I thought, you know, as, as I read those scriptures this week, and when I read that particular spot, I just thought, man, that is, that is the sign of God working in our hearts. When our hearts burn for him, we recognize our need for him, we respond to him, we believe. Then you go on in Luke. And in Luke 24, 44, we have yet another passage here, okay, where Jesus uh, appears to the disciples, and I think this is probably the same, uh, the same Jesus appearing to the disciples that we even talked about last week as a part of the message then. Uh, but again, we get different accounts, so we get different details of what happened in the moment, you know, and so Jesus goes and he's, you know, shows up in the room, remember the door is locked, and, you know, all of a sudden Jesus is there, and he's like, peace be with you, and they're a little freaked out, and he's like, no, 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 peace be with you, hang on, you know. And, and, then, and then here we have this, this little interaction here with the guys, uh, and it says this in verse 44 of Luke 24, it says, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that, the repent, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations 
beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending you the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So again, we have Jesus, you know, he's hanging out. He has a piece of fish with him. If you read the whole thing, there's, you know, again, little details picking up here uh, that the others maybe don't have. But even here, he's giving them this reminder, I am calling you to do something. I'm calling you to go and tell. I'm calling you to be reminded of why I came to do this. I'm calling you to go out. And he says, start with Jerusalem, beginning from Jerusalem. But he says, and verse 47, let's just read it in, that the repentance of the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And so again, Jesus tells us this, then he also throws in there, verse 49, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. And this here, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm calling you to do this, and I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. They don't completely understand that, I'm sure, at the moment, but they're going to. They're about to, right? So there we have, you know, these pieces of Luke that I think are so important. And then we go to the book of John. And in the book of John, and we talked through a good bit of this last week, uh, we have him telling Mary, hey, you don't have to cling to me. I'm staying for a bit before I go. I haven't gone to be with the, fa- be with the Father yet, but he's alluding to I'm going to, but not yet. And then to the disciples, again, in the locked room, peace be with you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, forgive others. You know, and, and we have this in John 20, 22. And I want to read this, John 20, 22. And it says, and when he, had ha- when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you, res- if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. And I think it's, I, I think it's interesting, personally, how we see this played out in the different Gospels, how it's told in the different Gospels. You know, here we see that, it, you know, John is just making the statement, you know, Jesus then, you know, gave the Holy Spirit, you know, to us kind of thing. Uh, you know, and then if you look at Luke's account, which you're like, well, we, Luke didn't really talk about that. Yes, he does talk about that, but not in the book of Luke. He talks about it in the book of Acts. So if you go to the book of Acts, you're like, well, Acts is not a gospel. Yes, you are correct. But at the very, book, very beginning of the book of Acts in chapter 1, we have this account written by Luke. We have this account of Jesus telling them that the Holy Spirit is coming on them, you know, and he's talking about it. We hear it talked about in the other accounts that this is going to happen. We, we kind of have a more like it's happened kind of thing in the very beginning of the book of Acts. John's way of talking about it's kind of, you know, a little different just in time-wise or whatever, but uh, really it's not, you know, so you have to kind of see it through those eyes. And so he says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. What he's saying here is he's not saying, you guys now are saviors and you can now go forgive everybody of their sin. That's not what he's saying. He's saying... This is the message, go teach forgiveness. Go give out forgiveness. Don't give any other message. 
Don't let it be about your opinions. Don't let it be about your political stances. Don't let it be about whatever it is. Let it be about the forgiveness of the Savior. Then in verse 26, John chapter 20, we have our old buddy Thomas. And it says this in verse 26. It says, eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. So here we go again. And yes, this is actually a different moment because you can just read Luke. He's given two moments here, or John, I'm sorry. And John, we're given two moments where the disciples are in the locked room, or in a locked room, and Jesus comes and appears to them without knocking on the door, without walking through the door. He just shows up both times. He's like, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. And see my hands, and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. This is where we get the term doubting Thomas. Somebody talked to me about that last week. It was a husband and wife, and the husband was so proud because he told his wife, he's like, you know, this account, Thomas, because we didn't read through it last week, he's like, but you see that account right there? That's where doubting Thomas comes from. And she was like, you've got to be kidding me. And he was like, yeah, I taught her about the Bible. I mean, like they're talking about it. I was like, congratulations. Men love when we can teach our our wives something, don't we? (laughs) More than, maybe some more than others. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So, so he's like, Thomas, it's me, bro. You recognize me, right? And Thomas is still like, not sure. And he's like, touch my hands. Feel my side. I'm here. I'm not dead. I'm alive. Thomas answered in verse 28, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. What powerful words. What a powerful statement. Like, and, and, and let me just encourage you today. If you don't, if you don't know who Jesus is today, you're, maybe you're still seeking. Maybe you're still trying to figure out. Uh, and that's okay. Because, you know, I, I trust that the Lord will continue to speak to your hearts. And I, I just, I just want to encourage you today that if you're still seeking and trying to figure that out, that you would understand it. And first of all, not, not give up the search, okay? But number two, just understand that the Lord will reveal to you exactly what he wants you to know. And at some point, there comes a point where we put our faith and trust in him to know that that statement is true, that he is my Lord and my God. Verse 29, Jesus said to him, you have believed because you have seen me? Question. Then he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Again, powerful Powerful statement. Then Jesus um, appears to the disciples again. We have another appearance. And uh, when he appears to the disciples again, they're out fishing. You remember this? We've talked about this recently. I taught through this passage recently, so I'm not going to teach it again today. But they're out fishing in the night. He shows up. It's there in the book of John right after Thomas. And um, 
he goes to them in the night, and, and honestly, the night fishing, this is funny, I've read a bunch of stuff about this here recently, uh, but night fishing was apparently pretty normal. They'd do a lot of fishing at night that way. Uh, the fish were fresh in the morning to be sold at market. And so, uh, anyway, he goes to them. They're not catching anything. He sees them out on the lake, and he sees them tired, and he knows what's going on because he's Jesus, right? And so uh, then uh, he, he, he yells out to him over the lake. He's like, cast your nets on the other side. You know, and so they cast their nets to the other side of the boat, and then sure enough, what happens? They, they got so many fish, they can't even drag the nets in, you know, and, and so just craziness, they get to shore, they're like, you know, they're wanting to see who this is, you know, and all this kind of thing, and, and at first, they're like, what, what's going on? And then finally, they figure out, oh, it's, it's, it's Jesus, of course, of course it's Jesus, you know, and so they figure out it's him. And then they have some breakfast together on shore, okay? So they, they cook some fish, pretty popular meal back in the day. It's kind of like Mexican in Cheatham County, I guess. <laughs> it's two weeks in a row, I've made that joke in just different ways, right? It's just too easy. It's okay, though. I love it, all right? And so then uh, they, they get back to shore, they have some breakfast, and then after breakfast... We have one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And I'm not going to read through it because I want you to read through it. And I'm, I'm, really, I'm really trying to like bait the hook to get you to read your Bible some this week, okay? So I'm not like going to you know, spoon feed all of it to you. But in this passage that comes up after this, because this happens at, like after they're done eating breakfast and they're still there, okay? This conversation happens with Jesus and Simon Peter. And over the course of the conversation, Jesus asked Simon Peter, do you love me three times? Three times. And Simon Peter each time says, of course, of course I love you. And I want, want to remind you what happened with Simon Peter. If you remember, Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him three times. Right? Right? And so when, while Jesus is going to the cross and is on the cross, Peter denies Jesus three times. Just like Jesus says, you know, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Peter's like, oh, Lord, I'd never do that. And then, of course, they come and arrest Jesus, you know. And, I mean, you know, and, and you know, he's willing to fight them off in the moment. But then, like, you know, when it comes time to, like, just go be in the crowd and not be recognized as one of the disciples, he's like, oh, no, that's not me. I'm not one of those guys. You know, one, two, three times. Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter's response each time is, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then finally, you know, through, through, throughout the three times, Jesus answers each time back to Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And Jesus is taking this moment to commission Peter to do something that you and I would probably feel like we've been disqualified for if we're Peter. Let's just face it. I mean, we, we look at things that we've done in our lives. We look at mistakes that we've made in our lives, sin that we have tried to overcome that we're still struggling with, or, you know, the horrible things of our past, or whatever it is, and we disqualify ourselves before we ever get to the starting line. How do you think Peter felt? 
How do you think Peter felt? You know, and, and, you know, I don't know if Peter figured it out right in the moment. Thinking he probably did because I'm just, I'm just guessing that that weighed heavy on him. Because he knows Jesus knows. He's Peter. And he knows Jesus knows his junk, right? And here it is. Jesus keeps asking these questions. And, and I'm, I'm sure, I may, you know, maybe for, for the beginning of this or something, somewhere in there, I'm sure Peter was just kind of like, man, Jesus, were you trying to rub this in on me? What is it? I, you, know, you know I denied you three times. He asked him three times, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, I love you. Every time Jesus says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And then in John 21, 19, it says, after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Follow me. Talks about he's going to die. Let's talk about the beginning of that verse. Talks about how he's going to die, but then really it just comes down to, he's just saying, Peter, Peter, put that junk aside. Put that junk aside. I know you love me. Follow me. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. One of our daughters loves animals. It's London. She loves animals. I mean, like, she spent the night with her Mimi and Papa last night because they got a new dog. That's where she is. She's at their church today because they got a dog. Okay? Just to put the facts out there for what they are. Uh, and this has actually worked out great for her because she loves animals so much that, like, our neighbors now know that she loves animals. Like, I remember uh, some of our neighbors got some chickens. They're next door to us. They got some chickens here a few years back. And one of the chickens was gone. They couldn't find one of the chickens. London goes out. She's used to being around chickens because my dad, you know, wants to, like, recreate his childhood and have a farm in his backyard. That's a whole other story for another day. And uh, she's used to having chickens. She'd been, she'd been walking around with a chicken in her arm for years, you know, since she was little. And so she goes out there, and they're not used to having chickens. They're brand new to having chickens. They just, it's a good idea to have chickens, right? Bearwall Road. And, uh, and so uh, she, she goes out there, and she finds the chicken in the bushes, and she goes into the bushes and just comes out with this chicken, and they're like, your kid just pulled our, brought our chicken back. You know, and, and, and we're like, yeah, yeah, that's her. So she has become, over time, they're, when they're gone, she becomes their animal sitter. She takes care of the chickens. She takes care of dogs, cats, whatever. I don't know what they got over there, lizards or something. Great people, by the way. Um, and I'm just reminded, just reminded of what God calling us to do when Jesus says feed my sheep it's a continuation it's a continuation of exactly what he's been saying go and tell go and care go and love right and in fact <laughs> Peter you know he can't get out of his own way if you go down to John 21, uh, 21, 21, verse 21 in chapter 21, G Peter sees John like hanging out, walking behind, talking about, John's talking about himself here, but he's giving Peter's account of the conversation he's having with Jesus. 
And he's like, when Peter, verse 21 says, when Peter saw him talking about John, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And basically he's like, he's like what about him? What's, his, what's he supposed to be doing? What's going to happen to him? You know, kind of thing. In verse 22, Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. And he's like, McFly, follow me. Quit worrying about everything else and everybody else and you follow me. Feed the sheep. Go and tell. Focus on me. And I think this is the struggle for so many folks because when our focus gets to be about other people or how we've been hurt or any, any, all these other things that Satan loves to use in our lives, when our focus becomes about those things, we start to question what we're supposed to be doing to begin with. And Jesus couldn't have been more clear. It's like, just follow me. Quit worrying about all that stuff. book of Acts brings about more, and I'm not reading it to you today, so you can go read it, but we see Jesus continue to give the mission of what we're being called to do, and the reminder there, he's like, and as I go, I leave you with the Holy Spirit, and boom, they receive the Holy Spirit, and God is with us. We don't go alone. He's going before us. He's tilling the ground. He's getting people's hearts ready for us to have these conversations about Jesus. And He's already at work. And may I remind all of us that none of us save anybody. I don't save anybody. I'm a messenger of the gospel for the Lord to save. And you are too. We all are. So what was Jesus trying to do with these appearances as he would come back from the resurrection? Here's my list. It may not be complete. This is what I got. He's fulfilling Scripture. We see Jesus talking about it. He's fulfilling the Scriptures that he would die and he would rise again. He would show us that he's defeated death on our behalf. He's fulfilling Scripture. Also, he made sure that we knew who, who he was. Even his disciples. He still, after three years, imagine, imagine being Thomas. And being like later on after Jesus goes back to be with the Father, imagine being Thomas and being like, man, you guys should have like smacked me over the head for not believing in Jesus like three years in and after the resurrection and all these things, right? So we would believe. He came back so we would believe, so that they would believe. He's proving who he is. He came back to tell us to go and tell the world. He says to be my witnesses in Acts. I'll give you that much. And he even says from where to where in that passage, which equates all over, everywhere, to follow him. He also came back to let us know that he would go to be with the Father and wait on us to join him until he comes back. He also wanted us to have knowledge that the Holy Spirit would guide us and that he's with us. 
And he also tells us in Acts, I'll give you this one too, that we can't guess when he's coming back. We can't guess when he's coming back. So if anybody shows up on the news this week and says, I know when God's coming back, the end of the world is near, whatever it may be, you can already know they're wrong. Because Scripture says we won't know. And that's okay. We trust in the Lord with what he's called us to do between now and then. What did he say when he came into the room? Each time. What did he say when he came into the room? Each time. Locked doors, freaking people out. All of a sudden, poof, he's there. What's he say? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. He goes with us. He calls us to go and tell. He wants us to know he's alive. The question for you today is this. Have you believed? Is he alive in your life? Have you trusted him to forgive your sin, to make you new, to give you new life, not just in the afterlife, but now, new life now? Believe. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts, God, that we would be reminded as believers the goodness of your truth, the goodness of your peace is with us, that you are with us, that you never leave us or forsake us. God, all of these promises roll into one. God, I, I pray that we as believers would be reminded of our calling to go and tell. God, to trust in you for all things. God, you've given us a mission. God, you've put people in our lives on purpose. God, help us to see them through the lens that is your eyes. That they too need forgiveness. That they need to feel your love. God, use us for those things in this life. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for the promise of your coming again. God, I pray that you would use us for your glory. God, for anyone that hasn't trusted in you to be their Savior, God, today I pray that their hearts would burn like those on the way to Emmaus that day. God, I pray that their hearts would burn within them to know that you are leading them back to you. God, may they trust, may they believe. God, we ask all this today in your son's name. Amen. If you would like to pray or talk about that with someone, come to the foyer right now.